am never gonna get a 5,295. I'm sorry. That's that. I don't know if that's ever gonna get up there. But. If I'm good at anything, it's big TBRs. I'm gonna get you there. another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we have a special-ish episode uh, in which we are going to talk about all, well not all, but three each of our um, most underrated but favorite books out there. Mm-hmm. Did that make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially the format is pretty much the same as our um, catch up and chill episodes if you've uh, seen those um, or listened to those. Um, So we'll just go around and each of us will talk about a book Uh, and I hope you will enjoy it. Before we do that, I want to remind you that uh, if you listen to our podcast and are not subscribed or following our podcast already, please consider doing so. Sounds desperate every time, but <laughs> I just we just have to self-promo because the thing is, whether it's on YouTube or SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever, it turns out a lot of people are listening but not subscribing. So this is us pleading with you. <laughs> no, also, also, if you want captions as you listen along, YouTube is a good place for that. So we're also, like Mark said, we're on YouTube. Follow along with our captions. Sometimes they're a bit wonky, but overall they're really good for the episodes. Um, S has been putting those episodes up day after day and yeah we're trying to yeah. get caught up with um, present time on there because we did start the we're YouTube, almost there uh, almost yeah I think like four episodes behind I think maybe three maybe by the time this there. comes up it might it might honestly be caught up, up. caught yeah. up yeah. Yeah. yeah all right so who wants to start? I'm very excited about this. I actually really am. I don't know why. I'm just I'm a excited bit nervous. To share books like, what that... in case I did the assignment wrong? What was the assignment? <laughs> now I'm doubting myself. What was the assignment? I mean, I don't know. It was just finding underrated books that we enjoyed or like want to put out into the world and like get more people to read it. I just love that every single time we give ourselves rules to follow or else it's mayhem over here. So we have to have rules and guidelines to follow. And every single yeah. time we break them. So I'm just curious to see who's going to break them. I know I'm, I might be. Well, breaking I, you guys already them. know I broke them. So stop <laughs> acting like you did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I did two series. Are you, do you feel better? I finally broke the rules. <laughs> well, I might've broken them a little bit too. I don't know. You guys will have to let me know about that. Um, anywho, who wants to start? Do you want to start since you're excited? Oh, God. Okay, fine. All right. First book on my list is called Arrows Through Archer by Nash Summers. And S is like nodding her head. <laughs> <laughs> I need to read this book. Well, I mean, fun story. Before we start, I actually bought this book for S years ago, and she still has not read it. So this is mostly just me trying to, like, do some, you know, 
messaging that like you know put it out there that she has to read the book you it's a sign it's a you sign that i need to read it <laughs> <laughs> um so it's by nash summers as i said um and essentially it's about archer and mallory to preface this with a couple tropes that are in this book you have mm romance first of all second of all it is a age gap romance third of all it is best friend's father romance <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hurt comfort i love that trope hurt comfort um and it's obviously slightly forbidden you could say because you know best friend's dad sorry is kinda... pause what do you mean by hurt comfort what kind of trope is that can you hurt comfort is like when one of the characters is either went through something uh like mentally like some you know how would i explain that like it, hurt comfort can be physical or emotional and then it's it's essentially that someone else like the other love the the love interest is there to help them through it oh okay okay. that's hurt comfort um and it is set in canada which when does that ever happen in banff of all places as well so like you get the mountains you get the wilderness you get the trees and the snow (laughs) the skiing um anywho so story is Archer is in college, if I remember correctly, um, and his parents died. They were actually murdered, so it's like a really tragic story. Um, They were murdered, but he's trying to, you know, continue on with life, but he's really struggling. He's partying a lot. He's just, he kind of lost the will, if you will, of living. Um, And um, he has this friend who is like, there's this break, probably like spring break or something. And his friend is like, all right, do you want to come back home with me? His best friend says that. Um, Do you want to come back home with me? Um, So he does, because obviously he has like no one else um, and nowhere to go to. Um, So they go and he meets the best friend's dad and like they kind of hit it off, but not like in a romantic way. It's kind of just like, oh, your dad's actually pretty cool. And like, I get along with him type of thing. Yeah. But then um, Archer gets hurt. I don't remember what exactly happens, but he he's he can't walk for a period of time and like he needs physical therapy i think he like breaks his leg or something like that um and he needs physical therapy for that but obviously and and he needs someone to take care of his needs and of of him because he can't do it for that period um and he doesn't have family so like his best friends is like well my dad works from home he's like a carpenter or something like that and he's like he works from home so like he could take care of you so Archer goes back to Banff to live there so that the father can take him to all his physical therapy sessions and like help him with, you know, food and whatever. And from there unravels a really sweet story where you have Mallory <laughs> who's like helping Archer, you know, work through his grief. They're both like sort of working through things and helping each other out out of it and it's just it's sweet but also like angsty and like i said a little bit forbidden i feel like there are different kinds of angst but this is like it's so sweet and you yearn for those two to be together so much that it's angsty does that make sense it's it's that and there's also the angst where like it's like in their internal dialogue and like Mm. their wishes and desires and everything they feel for that person 
you know, causes the uh, the butterflies, the angst butterflies, as we call it here, uh, to yeah. take root. And uh-huh. it sounds really angsty and, like, really up my alley. And it's a very delicious age yeah. gap. Another book going on my list. Like, what the heck is this? <laughs> it's been on my list. It's been on my <laughs> list for a long time. It better be, girl. Yeah. Because I bought it for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting pretty on my on my shelf over there. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just, sometimes I read books and I'm like, this book has S's name all over it. And that was one of them. And then she never she read, didn't it. read it. So I'm just going to pretend that that doesn't hurt. <laughs> It's coming, Marge, I promise. Fine. The time will come soon. Um, why do you yeah. think it's considered, quote-unquote, underrated? Well, the thing is, I don't know. Because the book itself, all right, there's, I believe, 2,000 ratings on Goodreads. So that's pretty low, I would say. Yeah. But it has a 4.3 average rating, which out of 2,000, I find is pretty high, personally. Because it's like... Mm-hmm. With books that are, you know, really well known, I find that it's actually easier to have a higher rating just because of the hype. People are more likely to rate a book higher than they probably should just because they're like, oh, but it's this author that I love and blah, 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 blah. So when an underrated book has such a high rating for me, I'm like, wow. Nash Summers is not an author that's super well known. I mean, I read, or I used to read quite a bit of mm romance and even within the mm romance genre i don't really see their name pop up that much i hope this reaches a few readers here because it sounds really good i think i might add it to my list of never ending yeah. uh you know books that i need to read it just keeps growing at this point with you we're, girls it just keeps growing we're trying to get you at our, our level of like, i'm never gonna get a 5295 i'm sorry that's that i don't know if that's ever gonna get up there if but. i'm good at anything it's big tbrs i'm gonna get you there <laughs> okay um okay so as you said your recommendation had about like 2000 mine are more i would say in the like 15,000 to a bit more, but like I still consider them underrated, quote unquote underrated. At least it wasn't underrated for me because I like fangirled over it like throughout my university years. So this, it's a series, so it's my first time breaking the rules. Okay, I got it. Okay, anyways. (laughs) So the series is called um, The Heart Series by L.H. Cosway. Um, So I don't know if you're familiar with this author. She is, she's she lives in mm. Ireland, mm-hmm. and she writes some really great books. She also did some books with Penny Reed. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so the series that I'm talking about is one of her more, I would say, better-known series, but I still consider it underrated. Um, so it's the first book is called Six of Hearts, um, and the series has a bit, like, I think it has, like, six books in it, but I'm only going to be talking about, like, the first three because those are the ones that really resonated and, like, really hit. Um, anyways, so it starts off with Jay, who's an illusionist, and he's off to get revenge, um, and he uses his skills to further himself in getting his revenge, um, and we find out his family died in a fire, including his brother, and he just really wants to get justice and, like, bring down the person that caused it. Um, and the main girl, Matilda, is a fashion designer who wants, like, this big epic love, and, like, he starts living with her and her dad, and, like, um obviously things uh get going but like for me it was more so book two and like book three that really got me like book one was really good but like 
book two, you guys know I love the tortured hero. You know I love the one that's like going through some trauma. So we find out that the brother isn't dead. Um, and he's been living his life in a circus. And he is so troubled, so traumatized from the fire when he was a kid. He's scarred everywhere, burn marks. And um, he knew of his brother being alive, but he wanted nothing to do with him. And yeah, he just becomes obsessed with fire, that he, it becomes his act in the circus. He's a fire breather. Um, Marge, this is where the, uh, the fun times happen in the bedroom. His obsession with fire also takes um, place in the bedroom as well. How? <laughs> I mean, you just got to read it to find out. But he meets this girl, Lily, who um, wants to run away with the circus and, like, pursue her dream of painting. And, like, he thinks the life in the circus is very, like, not for her. It's very dangerous and, like, things happen. Um, but he ends up taking up her role, like, the role of, like, her protector. And, obviously, he ends up falling in love with her despite everything that's going on in his head. Um, she becomes his first friend of sorts, and, like, things kind of spiral out of control, and, like, obviously, like, there's this big intrigue about, like, is he going to meet his brother? Is he not going to meet his brother? Are they going to reconcile? What's going to happen? Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, if you really are into, like, a circus setting, then I highly recommend this book as well as, like, this, the third book, which is, like, um, for me, this is my absolute favorite. I've read this book so many times. To the point where, like, my paperback is kind of broken at this point. Um, so we met this guy in the second book, and he was kind of known as, like, the circus drunkard. Like, he's always just drinking and, like, never really there. But he always had, like, this one picture that he never showed anyone. And, like, he just looks at it and, like, cries or whatever. Like, he's just really, like, torn up about what happened. But, like, yeah, you just kind of, like, look past him because he, like, he just looks like the crazy man in the circus. So we start there. And then we cut back and it's a giant flashback and you find out he was once an executive on Wall Street and like the main girl was like applying to be his assistant and obviously like they're the main couple of this book and like things happen where like he feels the need to escape and run away and like it jumps to five years later and obviously they're not together. She's moved on with her life and he's become like, like I said, the alcoholic or like someone that's really dependent on the alcohol and like the life that's in the circus um and he's not really living until he meets her again and things kind of spiral from there and yeah I just really recommend it if you just you're in need of a romance set in the circus and if you need some like good humor and like just a really well written story that like deals with a lot of issues like real life issues like alcoholism like overcoming trauma like I don't even know I just feel like the series at least the first three I don't really remember the other ones I just feel like the first three are just so good and I want to read them again now just talking about them I feel like there was a time when I wouldn't have considered those underrated but the fascinating thing about indie romance is that it goes so quick and so many books come out that it's underrated now just because it's so old, quote unquote old now, because it came out like what, five, six years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I believe uh, 2013. And it was super popular when it came out. But now you don't hear anyone talk about it. Yeah, that's, the, so. that's kind of where my list is. It's like it was popular a bit back then. But now it's just like crickets. You don't hear anything about it. You don't see it. No one's really adding it to their list or anything. It's kind of like 
dead in a sense. Okay, so for my first book, I'm doing Carter and Leia. It's a duet Ooh. by R.J. Lewis. Mm. Well, it's the same author that you, Mr. Mr. West or whatever that was. That was yeah. her. Okay. It's this, yeah, same author. So this is a, so my, my, okay, so I'll start off. This is a childhood friends to lovers to kind of having a falling out being distant for a few years to like reconnecting and becoming lovers again story it's a rock star type of story in a way Um, but it doesn't start off like that so it started off with Leia it starts off when they're like 10 and 12 so from the moment she laid eyes on Carter like she that was it for him like that was it for her like she was like in love like she wanted him Um, and she wasn't shy about letting him know and Carter, he's the type to kind of keep her at like arm's length. Like he knows that she, that she likes him, but he doesn't want to ruin that friendship. But he's the he's the type to like care for her if if something happens. Like he's always there. They're next door neighbors, and he's always trying to protect her from her skeevy uncle and aunt. Like the uncle is like the aunt's pimp, and like oh. he, they do like yeah so. Uh, Leia witnesses that so whenever they're doing business she goes outside and sits on the porch and she's always watching Carter they become friends they become best friends Um, he's always protecting her and then once things start to get really bad at home um, they end up running away together Um, and they they end up going to a friend's house um, and they stay there for a little bit Carter they find out that Carter has like a really nice voice. So they start a band and the band starts to get really good. So a couple years pass, Carter and Leia start to become like this thing, kind of like a friends with benefits type of. She's she's in love with him and she's always told him, but he's always kept her at arm's length. And yeah, and it gets to the point where they're together behind closed doors. Mm. and then out in the open it's like he, she, he ignores her that's like his like little sister type of friendship type of thing Ooh, why do I like and that? the angst this is beating me I feel so bad for her yeah so but I love it so much that she feels like there's a moment in the book that I I freaking love where she's kind of like you know what fuck you we're yeah. not doing this anymore yeah I deserve better um you do and he just kind of doesn't really understand like why can't we have it like this like this is good like this is and she's like nope and they go through like this whole angsty they become distant and like years pass and like he becomes like this really huge rock star and i love it because it's a it's a dual point of view where you it's mostly her yeah it's mostly her and then you get like his points of view and it's kind of like it's very short like you get into like it's like kind of poetic and like he's his his chapters like really regretful of the time that he didn't really appreciate her um it's really good Uh, this is one of the series that i wish i could reread okay i want to reread it like now I, I want to reread it. it. Yeah, it's really good. I seriously <laughs> Mark, add it. Read I'm it. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> um, I just think S really sells books so well. Okay, you continue. You think so? I yes. feel like I, I, 
<laughs> okay, so no, let me you see. honestly are talking about it like it's actually happening, and it's making uh-huh. me so invested that I was like, wait, this is a book, so I gotta go read well, it. Well, because she's so detailed about it that it literally feels like you're <laughs> reading the beginning of the book. <laughs> no, but she gives you like the smallest detail, and she reels yeah. it back in, and she's like, True. wait, you thought I'm not giving it all. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> Okay, and then, so this is what I, I love about this story and the way the author writes, because she kind of, the way she narrates the story kind of makes you feel like she's talking to you, in a way. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. And I feel like I've read other authors that have tried to do that, where the narrator's talking to the reader, and it kind of just doesn't flow. Like so it she's kind of retelling the story to the reader? Kind of, in a way, yeah. Because it starts off with her saying, like, I've been in love with Carter since I was 10 years old type of thing Mm -hmm. so you feel included in the story and you feel like a friend is kind of talking to you and like you know um also this is one of the this is one of the stories where I wish the heroine was real like I would love to be friends with her yeah yeah I love when that happens like when you connect with the character so much you kind of like need them to be real so that you can actually talk to them yeah Yeah. I love when that happens Carter and Leia by R.G. Lewis Okay. Add it to the list, Seth. I, I list. will. It might be my uh, my book too, because I'm going I'm going away to like this wine tasting area tomorrow. So hopefully, I can read that. It's about two hour drive. So I'm if you read, read every book you say that for, you'd be reading ten books a day, girl. Okay. Sh- <laughs> no, but this one really, really just like makes me want to read it right now. But I have to finish Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. Mm-hmm. So. Are you almost done with that? Sorry, just real quick. Yeah, I'm almost done. Yeah. And I'm like eating, okay. I'm eating it up. I love it. Like <laughs> coming soon in our next catch up and chill. Self <laughs> <laughs> will be talking about this book. Yeah. Um, can I just say that like, I'm not a fan of Insta love. I think none of us are. But I will say that one instance where it usually works is if it happens when the, the main characters are kids. Because then it's like it makes sense, right? Like we've talked about like how you grow up and you become an adult and you're aware of societal pressures and like you have this like burden of what are people going to think of me? What are they going to think of them? Blah, blah, blah. That kids don't have. So like it's more believable to have kids be like, I just like Will from math <laughs> you know like yeah <laughs> like it's more believable and then for whatever reason like when the, it's stories about then them growing up and like developing a, a relationship a romantic relationship i can believe it more does mm-hmm. that make sense no it does so but then again like i never read childhood friends to lovers so then i <laughs> I see. I try to say I don't like that trope, but I somehow end up reading it. Right. Well, and that's that's how I am too. Like it, it's a it's a type of it's a type of trope that I don't go looking for. Mm. Yeah. But like I'll try out certain authors. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, it's the exceptions. Like you have tropes that you don't like, but for whatever reason, there's always like that one or two books in that trope that you're like but i really liked that one though like if it's done that way i like it (laughs) so all right well we shall all be adding that book to our tbr childhood friends to lovers and all that (laughs) (laughs) okay so the next book on my list 
is one that might be breaking the rules. I'm not sure. It's it's The Surviving Trace by Calla Reed. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm unsure if it's breaking the rules because it's not technically super underrated within the indie genre. But I'm thinking like to our listeners who might be reading more like trade pub books or a mixture of both, it's probably not a very well-known book outside of indie publishing, right? All right, so The Surviving Trace by Calla Reed is about Serene and Etienne. It's a time-traveling book. Um, so it's about Serene who owns an antiques store and um, she finds a box with uh, pictures in it and one of the pictures has four men on it and one of the guys is like this really stern guy that you know she's kind of like oh he's ugly whatever but this guy she's she saw him in a dream so she's like what the fuck why why is the guy that I saw in my dream on this picture? If I remember correctly, she like becomes really fascinated slash obsessed, a little bit obsessed with this picture, like figuring out what it is, where it's coming from, blah, blah, blah. And one night she goes to sleep and she's transported back to 1912 in the house of this man, Etienne. And, um, he believe or he like he thinks she's his wife because she looks exactly like his wife and has the exact same name but she is not his wife um so anyways it's just really quite angsty um obviously she has to prove that she's from the future and then like they have to figure it out and then like they fall in love and like there's the whole thing like it's a it's a it's weirdly like marriage and trouble slash but they were never married to begin with <laughs> but they yeah. are but they're not <laughs> um and it's ten. Oh my god he was hot i really liked his character he really from was. what i remember he's i have no words <laughs> I have no words. He there's one scene in this book that's well. First of all, there's the dance scene, which if you read the book, you know. But but um, there's one scene, and it's there's like non-sexual gestures in books that I find really hot, really really hot. And this book has one of them, and without context, it's a scene in which. Etienne puts two of his fingers into the back of her collar, the collar of her shirt, and pulls her back towards his lower stomach. And for whatever reason, that's the hottest thing I've ever read. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you other than Calorie is a really great writer. Um, this series is interesting. It has everything you could possibly want from it. I don't know that it's the most... A historically accurate series yeah. but if that doesn't bother you then that's not an issue um but there's a bunch of side characters that are re- really interesting and she's currently writing books for them she really expended upon that whole world um and i just think that serene was a really really great character as well and their chemistry together was literally off the charts Yes, okay. agreed. I just feel like also maybe if you're into Outlander, you know, time travel mm. into the past, this could be also something that calls to you. Um, so, yeah. And it's also really sexy. This book was really good in that front, too. Is it my turn? Yes, it is. 
Um, so I decided to only talk about one of the books this time um, because I kind of, looking back on it, I feel like the first book was pretty mainstream and it was like read by like almost everyone that I know. Um, so it's a series by Natasha Anders and it's called Unwanted, but I'm going to be talking about the second book. So The Unwanted mm. Wife was book one and that was, I think everyone oh, more book. or less read it. <laughs> um... But, like, I just feel like the second book was, it kind of, like, slipped under the radar. So, book one was about, like, Sandro, who was forced to marry a girl. And, like, I don't know. You guys, you've read it, right? Bitch ass Sandro. He's one of those. Yeah, he's yeah, an asshole. Really and you just want to punch his face in. But then, like, he does a good grovel and you're like, ugh. I, I tried reading it, but I wasn't in the mood. I was like, no, you fucking asshole. Not today. <laughs> no. Okay. So, this is my thing. Um, Not today. <laughs> okay. Let me just say, I feel like this author, Natasha Anders, does such a good job of, like, they act like assholes, sure, but I feel like it's more so off-page, like, before the book starts, and then, like, by that point, the female lead has already clocked out of the relationship, and she's like, I'm done, like, I don't give a shit, like, I don't want it, and, like, it's up to the man to, like, build the relationship back to what it was, or even better, obviously better, so, like, okay, I'm going on to the second book, so the second book is called A Husband's Regret, and it's between Bronwyn and Bru- Bryce. Bryce. And um, so she was once, you know, married to, like, this great guy. And then all of a sudden, he no longer wants her. And it's, you know, especially after she told him that she's pregnant with his child, he just tells her, like, to go. Like, get out. And then, like, two years later, we see her struggling to make ends meet. And, like, her husband, Bryce, finds her. Um, and unex- he's unexpectedly upset. And, like, hateful towards her. And, like, no one really knows what happened. So we finally see that they both have different perceptions of, like, what happened two years ago. And, like, now he wants his daughter. And, like, two years have passed. And, like, this bitch didn't even, like, he told her to get out. And, like, anyways, it's just, like, a good story in the sense where, like, if you want a good grovel, like, a good man crawling on broken glass to win his woman back, hands down, the series is for you. Like, I... I don't even know what else. The angst payoff is amazing. And there's also something else that happened to him um, that kind of makes him hateful towards her because he believes that she was kind of like the cause of it. Um, anyways, I just couldn't stop eating it up because of how well written it was and how like these men like are complete like, you know, th- killing themselves. Like, they're just killing themselves because they messed up this relationship like with their one person that they could ever love. They're complete assholes, but we somehow root for them. So if this is something that you like, then I highly recommend these books. Well, we know what I'm reading this weekend. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> so my next book is called, and I feel like I have a pattern this time around. As Queen of Patterns. I know. It's Hawthorne and Heathcliff by R.K. Riles. It's a coming-of-age story slash I guess you can say friends to lovers (laughs) it's about this girl named Claire Macy but she goes by Hawthorne Uh, she was abandoned she was abandoned by her parents at a very young age and she was raised by her uncle Um, and then we have the hero who's Max Vincent which but he's referred to he's referred to as Heathcliff uh, is it by, like a Wuthering Heights retelling? I don't, I've never, I don't know, I've never read, but she mentions like in the beginning, like the way he looks, like how broody he is, how everybody like wants to be near him, but kind of give him space type of character. So she refers to him as Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights. 
so I don't I don't know I've never I've never read Wuthering Heights so I, I wouldn't know girl you're lucky you never had to read it <laughs> okay oh god <laughs> that says a lot um so they both so okay so she has like kind of like abandonment issues where she doesn't want to get close to anyone because she feels like they always leave her um and for him he feels like he's kind of being suffocated in this small town where he kind of wants to get out and like his parents have like expectations for him to take over like the family business like everybody else and he doesn't want that I love this book because it has like a really deep meaning and like it has like a lot of like metaphors mm. um and I kind of want to like uh, she uses like a metaphor of like shoes in this in this book and I kind of I want to read a little snippet oh yeah to please you do girls, just to kind of get the feel <clears throat> so it starts off with him he leaned against the shed the muscles in his arms pushing against his rolled up sleeves why won't you look at me I swallowed. I know what you look like. And then he goes, I, and yet you won't look at me. Why? My lips curled a smile as much as, as a prize to my words. And she says, because I don't commit to faces. He chuckles. You only commit to shoes. And sh uh, my smile slips. And then she says, faces leave. I mumbled. Shoes walk away. You learn a lot about people by the by what they wear on their feet. I'd rather see what's going to leave than what I'd miss if it left. There was a long silence and my gaze found his shoes. I was waiting for him to leave, for his boots to stride past me and my odd words, but they didn't. And if the shoes don't walk away, he asked, my heart jumped. Then the face matters once it's earned. Oh. And it's like so cute. And like they have like this like thing together for, for like a few years, but they know it's going to end and he's going to leave and like they don't want to get too attached and... So, like, something happens, you know, a few years pass, they lose contact, and then, like, like they reunite, and, like, it's, like, very, a little angsty, and, and like, there's, like, a little sexy scene when he Ooh. comes back, and, like... Wait, didn't you say it was coming of age, YA? Coming of age. So, you see her, you see them grow up, and, like, they start off, I think, their senior year, when a few years pass, they're, like, in their 20s, she already has, like, her little business career and he goes off I think I don't want to say too much but so when he comes back like there's like a moment that they have and I'm just like oh it's a little sexist it's so cute um but highly recommend Hawthorne and Heathcliff R.K. Riles I feel like separation is sometimes annoying in a book but fuck do the reunion scenes feel so good yeah and like I love it. There's so many reunion scenes where you're like, you know these two characters are going to meet again. You know, and you're waiting for it. And there's the angst of waiting for it. And they're yearning that comes yep. with it. And then they do. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. And like going back to, you know, the book that I not just talked about, King of Hearts, um, the yeah. circus one, that reunion scene and like the way it built up. Like, honestly, it had me, like, crying and, like, I'm, like, breathing so hard. I'm, like, this needs to happen, like, right now. And, like, yeah, I highly recommend if you want a good reunion scene and everything else, like, that comes with it, I really recommend that book. I don't know why I'm going back to it, but I just feel like that does a really good reunion Yeah, scene. I think Arrows Through Archer has some separation as well. So. Yeah. I feel like that's uh, our theme today. Separation. Yeah. <laughs> separation. Because... 
King of Hearts had it, and then A Husband's Regret had it, and then... Well, I mean, I guess the surviving it. trace, you could say she's gonna go back to her own time at some yeah. point. Yeah. We really have a theme today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sad, because there's so many talented writers out there that, unfortunately don't get the platform that they deserve because the truth is that romance is a very i mean all books it's it's a business but especially in romance and how with how fast the industry grows you have to put money into promoting your books or else unfortunately they're gonna go poof and nobody's gonna know about them because next week there's a bajillion other books coming out and that's what the readers are going to be looking at so I just find it really sad because it's kind of like Nash Summers. It's like, I don't see those books promoted anywhere. Yeah. Or her name. I, like, I want to see these authors' names. Me like, too. Brought I don't up even, in conversations. Right? And, I don't even know yeah. how I, I came a- across that book to begin with. It was probably in one of the MM Romance uh, Facebook groups that I'm in, which is a great yeah. way to find those gems. Like if you are looking for underrated books... Mm-hmm. Go find uh, Facebook groups that are for that uh, specific trope. But it's just, it's sad because they're great writers and they just, yeah. nobody knows about I them. I agree. I agree. All right. Are we moving on to our last? Our last recommendation. Unless, unless yes, some are. of us here have honorable mentions. No. 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 Honorable mentions. None today. <laughs> I love that resounding no. <laughs> I'm making sure we're on track. Yeah. Not today. Okay. So last book on my list is a book that I believe Seth has read and she didn't love it. So okay. we're just going to ignore her right now. <laughs> starting now. She doesn't exist. Hey. <laughs> the book is Forever Right Now by Emma Scott, who is one of my favorite writers personally. Um, and it's also one of my favorite books. Um so the story is about um, Darlene, who is an aspiring dancer, and um, she just got out of jail for drug possession, and she's trying to get her life back together. She's, like, really positive about it. She's like, all right, I made mistakes. I'm owning up to them, but I want to figure out who I am now and what my life is going to look like moving forward. So she moves from New York to San Francisco and, you know, try to start fresh, start fresh. Um, and there she meets her new neighbor, uh, Sawyer, who is a hot single dad of a baby. And the baby's <laughs> called Olivia. And it's the cutest little baby ever. Um, he's a single dad. He's struggling a lot because he's trying to finish his law degree. And also, um, he has to pass the, what's it called? Like the exam for lawyers, the The bar. Yeah. And anyway, he's struggling a lot. He's a little bit like, it's a little bit like grumpy sunshine-esque. Um, because at first he's really like closed off to Darlene, which is like a you know, burst of sunshine in his life, pretty much. And, uh, but Darlene, you know, sort of slowly makes her way into his life and she starts taking care, starts taking care of Olivia and slowly but surely they sort of grow to have this relationship. Uh, But what I just, what I really, really love about this book is Darlene's 
personal journey of self-empowerment and like her reclaiming herself and who she is and like accepting that yeah I've made mistakes but I'm not gonna let them define who I am and I am gonna move forward and like her strength and willpower to constantly strive to be better and do better and not go back to the way that you know it was and I just admired her so much through the whole story and I felt so much and I just I was so connected with what was going on and while this book had like one of the plot twists that really threw me on my fucking ass um (laughs) I I just think that Emma Scott like all of her books and again this is an author that I'm like I love her but also I've only read two books by her and she has a massive backlist so like I'm a liar (laughs) She's so good with the emotional journey of her characters. Like, that's where she shines for me. And we all have, like, those authors that it just feels like they speak our language. You know what I mean? Like, they might not connect. Like, other readers might not connect as much with that author, but you do. And I feel like Emma Scott is one of them for me. Nikki James would be another one for me. Like, I just, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. But yeah. their writing just speaks to my soul directly. Yeah. Yeah. And their stories, it's like they're they can't write a bad book because I'm always gonna connect with it no matter what. So yeah, I just I feel like it's a really beautiful, beautiful story of self-empowerment and like reclaiming yourself after after you've made a mistake. Cause like it doesn't always have to be a dark past that like you know you were put into and like had to survive like sometimes you're just you're young dumb and you do dumb ass shit that you regret and it's like but you're allowed to move forward exactly you should be allowed to move forward and move past it yeah Yeah, i agree yeah i could do like i like hot single dads too i just feel like i don't read enough of them yeah all right my last uh recommendation is kind of inspired by our movie night, Marge, I Dragon, which is a Russian film. Um, and we were talking about shifter romances, like dragon shifter romances, and I feel like our go-to is always Ruby Dixon, which, you know, is the amazing author of Ice Planet Barbarians. Um, but in this case, I have Beth McMaster, her shifter dragon oh, romances. Oh, I haven't read those. Yeah, okay. So I've only read the first one, but it's just, it really reminded me of the movie in the sense where, like, it's filled with, like, Icelandic mythology. And um, if you're a fan of, like, Scandinavia or, like, their mythology, this author really did her research and built, like, a really good world. Um, and it's just, like, filled with, like, wonderful prose and just like I don't know I just loved the first book like I think I loved more like the world building and the couple was more of like secondary for me I think like I liked them but I felt like the story itself um was really interesting um so we start off with a girl named Freya who uh can't afford to pay like I guess it's like uh taxes or like a tiff to the dragon um, and they know about a dragon living in the, in the mountains, um, and they always have to pay, like, each resident of the village has to pay, like, like, a lamb or, like, something, some livestock, because the dragon needs to eat, and then, um, her lamb gets taken by the dragon, and she needs the dragon because she's living basically on her last dollar, or last 
coin. <laughs> and um, she embarks on a journey to save her lamb because she wants it, okay? And Rurik, which is a dragon shifter, he, like, actually wants her. He's never felt this way before, and he wants her because of her courage. And also, well, this series also has, um, like, faded mates. Yeah, but since dragons are feared and hunted by many... The only time he can really claim her as his own is obviously when he's in his mortal form, um, which makes him completely vulnerable, and they kind of get to know each other as he's a dragon, um, and I don't know, I just feel like it really stood out because Rurik was such a good character, like, he was patient, and, like, he was not what you would expect from a dragon, you know, like, he was a very patient man, like, he was still alpha, like, very alpha, um, but he had those instances where he was soft. And, like, I really, really enjoyed that in his character, at least. Um, but I was really curious about book two. And I, I'm like you. I never went back to the series. And I don't know I why. But ask, I feel like yeah. the movie kind of, like, pushed me back into, like, this mindset. And I really want to read more of it. So book two has been, like, on my list for a while. Um, and it's about a hunter, a dragon hunter, going to hunt a dragon who mm. happens to be his wife he presumed mm. dead. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like it's it's different in the sense where it's set in the past. Like, it's ancient Scandinavia. Um, so that could appeal to those who like historical romances with a dash of fantasy in it. I feel like we've neglected dragons on Romancing the Monsters, yeah. which is a terrible sin that we should remedy. Yeah, and we've touched so many other monsters, and dragons happen to be one of my favorites. Touched. We, yes, we've touched all of them. I wish. It's, it's a wish oh, Yeah, that's, that's the sad truth. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> all right, S. So my last book is... Friends the to Mason. Lovers! <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I love how it's a trope that you don't necessarily care yeah, for, but right? it happens to be in all three of your recommendations. In all three, yeah. So so I'm trying to push the the trope of friends to lovers isn't bad. It's actually good if you look at, if you find authors that, you know. Well, okay. Here's I a theory then. Here's a theory. We don't like the trope because all the good ones are underrated and we just don't know about them. That is trope. a good theory. Yeah. All right. What's the book, S? So we can all add it to our TBRs. So it's The Mason List by Ed S.D. Hendrickson. Um, I read this a few years ago and I loved it. I freaking loved it. Like to the point where I think it would be like a good movie or a mini series. Ooh. Um, I can definitely see it on screen. Um, so it's about, so it's a coming of, coming of age story slash friends to lovers um it's about alex tanner um and you see her from the age of six to like 26 okay so her mom is dying from cancer her dad loses his job and they're living out of their car and they're parked at the hospital so it could be easier for the dad to visit the mom yeah and uh our heroine alex she has like this anger and like frustration of like her situation Mm. and she's like very angry her her and her dad like their life changes one day when someone knocks on their car window and they're offered by a family by the mason family they're offered a place to stay at their ranch uh for work and you know whatnot and 
she hates that because she thinks it's charity. Mm. Oh. She she hates like it and like she's money. so yeah yeah and and um it takes her like a long time to kind of accept that this is good for them and this is a good family and you know good friends and um we have uh jessup jessup mason he's like the sweetest boy uh country boy very well-mannered um he tries to be her friend and like they grow up together and they go like on these like crazy adventures. Um, he really, he, he falls in love with her and she's, she's one of the stubborn ones where she's just like, no, like tries to push him away. I don't want anything with you. We can ruin our friendship. And, and the story is told in a way it goes like from past to present where you read the present and like something happened and you're just like, what the hell? So you're just kind of like on like the edge of your seat trying to find out like why is the present the way it is and what led up to that moment. Yeah, so it's it's really good. It's angsty. It's sad. It's emotional. See, I'm not someone that usually likes flashbacks in their stories. And like I don't like when they do the constant switch back and forth. I'm not someone that likes that. But I just feel like some authors do it in a way that you understand it or you like you like the way that it's done um or sometimes authors just like put it in there when they could have just told the story in like a linear way yeah I think the difference is if there's if there's an actual intrigue at the you know center of the story and that intrigue is what's explored in the past and it affects the the present that makes sense to me yeah but when authors when it's character backstory and just character backstory and like explaining the traumatic thing that the character underwent when they were younger type of thing. Yeah. I find that disappointing because to me, it's much more powerful when you have the character that went through what they went through and they actually re-explore that memory in present, in the present and open up and tell the their love interest about it and that's how we know what happened to them because it means more because they're actually opening up and telling what happened so yeah i don't like it when it's like a flashback for us to see because i don't know to try to understand like their emotions and feelings yeah like it should be on page like you should be able to see why they are the way that they are just based on how they are in the present like you shouldn't have to explain to me why they are like this and then there's also the flashbacks for, like, um, friends to lovers, in a sense, where, like, they had a past together, and, like, I don't know, once yeah. they're in the present, and they're not together, or, like, they're not anywhere close to being friends, like, they just constantly do the flashbacks. Like, I'm not really a fan of that. I'd rather that yeah. be done, like, at the beginning, and then, like, you know, we see them now, like, after we relive yeah. their past. Yeah, do a time jump. Yeah. But for whatever reason, man, some readers hate time jumps. And I think that's really? why authors don't do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I personally prefer that. If a book starts and the characters are young, some readers are literally turned off right away. They don't okay. want to read about kids growing up. Huh. Okay. I could see that. I mean, you're going into hoping to read an adult romance and then... I don't know, man. Readers, especially romance readers, are particular about what they like and what they don't like so 
I feel like I struggled a little bit to put books on my list and I realized in the course of doing this episode that the reason why is because I've actually been the luckiest one out of us three and we've talked about a lot of my underrated books on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I struggled because I I couldn't figure out what to put on my list. I had so many mm-hmm. ideas and like so many books that I wanted to talk about and I had to limit myself um, yeah. by a lot. Out of everything we talked about, if you had to pick two books, you're allowed to add to your TBR. You're only allowed two. Which ones would you pick? From all of ours? Yeah. Well, except the ones that you talked about yourself. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I'll go first. I think I'll add the Nash Summers book. Oh, okay. Right. And I think I'll also add the duet you talked about that I want to read on my ride to uh, my wine tasting thing the s's duet the yeah what was it called again carter and leia yes yeah carter and leia and then the nash summers book i think i would say the the unwanted wife and the sequel to that a husband's regret yeah because i hate myself and then i would probably say I'm hesitating between that same duet and the dragon books. Mm, yeah. What about you, S? For me, it would be the Ma- Magician Circus one that you talked about. Yes. Seth. That one, the second and third book. Yeah. Oh, uh, that could be one. Yeah. Because <laughs> we love to cheat. <laughs> yeah. And then for Marge, I think I would do Emma Scott's, is it forever right now? Yeah. She's yeah. refusing to read Arrows to Archer, I swear to God. <laughs> but no, I can't say that one because it's already on my TBR and it's already, it's it's making its way up, Marge. Yeah, it's, it's ar- sitting so there. It's- Technically, she has three of them. You know, she can add three. Well, she already has one, so. So it's, that it's one's there, a Marge. Fine. It's- fine. All right. That's good. All right. So, I hope you found a couple of wrecks in what we talked about if you want to let us know what are the two books that you would add to your tbr or have already added to your tbr you can find us online um on twitter we are the rtm pod on instagram we are romance the monsters podcast you can also email us at romance and the monsters podcast at gmail.com and we have a tiktok which is romance and the monsters pod we are, as we said in the beginning, also on YouTube. So if you need or want uh, captions, you can find us on there with a cute little graphic that S has done for us. Um, and you can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Lovers. I <laughs> almost. You saw the hesitation was waiting for you there. <laughs> yeah. I noticed it. Um, and you can find me, S, on both Instagram and Twitter at ButThisBook. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Lows. See you next week. Bye. Bye.